0: Hello and welcome to the Worst Movies We Own podcast. My name is Bobby and this is Natalie. Carol. (laughs) My beautiful wife. (laughs) Uh, This episode we are covering...
1: Terminator Genesis. From
0: what year Natalie? 2015. I'll be back. Old, not obsolete. Natalie, tell the people at home what the Worst Movies We Own podcast is all about.
1: So the general idea is to watch the worst DVDs we own according to the average ratings each each has received on the website Letterboxd. Uh, We watch a lot of films together and we're hoping that some of these low rated ones will actually surprise us and not be so terrible. So we're watching each one with an open mind, even the ones we've seen before, hoping for the absolute best. We've not bought any of the films specifically for this podcast, it's a mixture of charity shop finds. Random stuff included in box sets and stuff that we've bought that other people just don't
0: rate. Lovely stuff. Uh, Terminator Genesis. Mm. before we start, anything you want to get off your chest?
1: I don't feel the need to say anything in particular. My my feelings will be uh, elucidated
0: during the next hour or so. Okay, well, why don't we start with um, your feelings about the Terminator franchise in general?
1: I, it's a difficult one because I, I,
0: um,
1: when I watch uh, films that are part of the same franchise, I tend to like watching them all the way through. So when I watch the screams, I'll watch three, one, two, three, four, four, boom, boom, boom. Terminator for me is very different. Um, I've watched the Terminator twice already this year and
0: mm-hmm.
1: watch it a lot more than any of the others followed closely by Terminator 2.
0: Yeah.
1: Whereas three and four have only seen one each a piece. Mm. This is a second viewing of Genesis and the most recent one at the cinema I went to see and I think we went to see it on opening night. I was very excited about seeing it. Yeah. So I would say that I really like the idea of the franchise but when it comes to the actual films in it mm. I'm quite choosy about which ones I revisit.
0: That's true. I think it's a franchise that's almost been in perpetual reboots that uh, ever since Free Rise of the Machines where James Cameron wasn't involved mm-hmm. and Linda Hamilton wasn't re- involved there's always been a sense of a new production company uh, taking on, hiring very much a gun-for-hire action director. Right. Um, trying to include Arnie, who is available, but essentially always rebooting is it to say, we're going to start our own franchise now that maybe isn't quite as reliant on James Cameron. Mm. And only the most recent one, Dark Fate, which was made almost as like a direct sequel to Terminator 2, yeah, um, has in any way felt of a piece with those first two five-star movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything else has been almost like a um, big-budget fan fiction. Yeah. Um, but, interestingly, I do think if you watch uh, the Terminator franchise from teeth to tits, mm-hmm. knowing that there's a lot of false starts as you go along after episode three, mm. it and the TV series, it... Um, It all kind of blends in together quite well. Like, kind of continuity-wise, this film starts at a point that doesn't particularly shit on the mythology established in Terminator Salvation, which Mm -hmm. is the one set in the future. Yeah. With Christian Bale. Even though the actors have changed. Right. It doesn't massively um, change anything established in Rise of the Machines or... um, Dark Fate, which mm-hmm. follows it. Um, I think the the main issue with the Terminator franchise is, much like Bond or the X-Men, is the continuity does seem to flow between the films, but it doesn't care massively about them feeling like they have to be respectful for two, two or three episodes ago, mm-hmm. or the same cast members having to return in roles. So, yeah. it, much the same way as Bond or X-Men... You can watch them stand-alone adventures, you can watch them all as one big franchise, but they're not telling a continual, chaptered story. No. Uh, and I quite like that. Um, I do think that the Terminator later sequels come in for a kicking when they're perfectly watchable blockbusters.
1: I see, I don't know. The one that I remember the least of, in fact, I can't remember anything about it, other than I really didn't enjoy the experience of watching it, is
0: the Christian Bale one. Mm. I, I did not like that. That's the one where they tried to make their biggest break away from Arnie. Right. In fact, he only appears almost in like a a, a special effects cameo.
1: Well, maybe that, that tells something.
0: Um,
1: mm. That, you know, it kind of needs Arnie.
0: Yeah. And it suffers from the problem that Maybe the John Connor role has been miscast, and these films, mm. when you try and replace the actors, miscasting seems to be the big problem. Yeah, with all of them, and I think that's something we're going to discuss quite a lot in, uh-huh. this, in this particular one. Uh, I would say out of everyone involved in this, probably only Arnie is the person who is perfect in his role.
1: Yes, yeah. I mean, there are there are valiant attempts and those kind of. In the smaller roles, particularly like the one and two scene roles, you've got some really good actors, and and they're very welcome. But there is one major issue um, with the
0: casting. Are we going to approach this as a standalone action thriller that is set in the mythology of the Terminator series, or are we going to approach it as a direct Terminator sequel to two of the greatest films ever made, two of the greatest uh, sci-fi action block? I don't
1: think you can avoid seeing it as a sequel given the fact that it actually incorporates elements of the first film into it. Mm. Um you know, I, I, I we watched The Terminator last night. Just last night. night um, and it was brilliant. And it is, yeah. and I think that was a good idea. Yeah. I, I think okay, so it shows up the fact that this is is by far the inferior film, but seeing the links between the two mm. It does make
0: you appreciate Genesis more. Okay, I so I am. I'm going to ask you to give the hopefuls at home a little run through of the plot. Yeah. Um, this wasn't the most successful Terminator film ever. There are going to be people who maybe haven't seen it or only saw it the once and don't really remember exactly what happened in it. Can we do this in a way that suppresses though and doesn't uh, cover what is reams and reams and reams of plot? <laughs>
1: I'm going to try. Okay,
0: but <laughs> not not an essay. Okay. 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 Go. Cool
1: right okay I feel like a, there's quite a challenge I'm going to have to step up to this
0: already a sentence in oh
1: yeah <laughs> so we start in the future on the eve of Skynet's with destruction <laughs> <laughs> right you're just going to prolong it by throwing me off no
0: pause. I'm, I'm spilling my coffee on you last year you split your coffee
1: before. everywhere you're going to have to pause it and you, you did a
0: plot all. and right. I'll stay away and clean my coffee out
1: okay here we go In the future, on the eve of Skynet's destruction by the humans, led by John Connor, a Terminator is sent back in time to kill Sarah Connor and John Connor sends Kyle Reese, one of his sergeants, after it to save her. So that is what we know already anyway from the Terminator. But... When Kyle Reese arrives in, T- in 1984, he finds that Sarah Connor is already aware of Terminators and Skynet and her role in mankind's Salvation.
0: Just get it nice and clean here.
1: And she's teamed up with uh, a T-101, one, T- an Arnie. T-800, let's call him T-800. Who she's nicknaming Pops, who yeah, was sent to save her Pops. as a nine-year-old. Based on a memory that Kyle has from... Should
0: sure, have put a time limit on this.
1: Based on a memory that Kyle has from an alternative version of his own life, he and Sarah travelled to 2017 to destroy something called Genesis, rather than 1997 to destroy Skynet, because Genesis is now the tech that Cyberdyne is developing, which will lead to Judgment Day. I could have done that a lot better if you hadn't been so
0: disruptive. I was was a naughty presence. Yeah. I was a naughty, naughty presence. Well, there we go. And do you think that's a good plot for uh, an action blockbuster?
1: I do. I mean, it's complicated and it gets even more complicated as the film goes on. Mm -hmm. But if you just kind of let it wash over you and don't worry too much about working out what's going on, everything kind of gets explained. It's really not that complicated. It's
0: fine. I think it is something that's better if you just approach it as a big cartoonish action blockbuster. Mm. If you want to sit there and try and pick through the time travel anomalies that's never, that's never a healthy way to approach one of these films, even if, even the more sophisticated, well-thought-out ones. Yeah. You're always going to find paradoxes. Yeah. Um, it does, unfortunately, mean in between each action sequence, you either get a nice comical emotional beat between the characters of reuniting or separating, or, uh, I haven't done a good enough job wiping up my mess, it would appear. It's, it's getting a second clean. Oh, my God, you're right, I've left loads what an absolute scumbag
1: just
0: keep talking I just keep talking so I'm going to get a beating when I go home (laughs) Um, but it it does unfortunately mean you just get reams and reams of exposition using quite big scientific theory words stuff, setting up stuff that will happen in the future sequels that never happen Uh, mysteries and clues led to what might happen in future entries And, uh, also just stuff that just is never explained, like, you know, what's John Connor up to? What is he up to half the time? He's a loon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Terminator Genesis: the numbers and the facts and the figures came out in 2015 on July the 3rd, 2015, the big uh, Independence Day holiday weekend blockbuster. Mm -hmm. It's directed by Alan Taylor, who's directed many, many HBO TV episodes, usually like the ones where there's quite a lot of action. So if it was Game of Thrones, it'd be like the Battle of the Bastards. I'm almost definitely directed that. Um, it's written by Letitia Calagridis and Patrick Lucier. Um she is someone whose name comes up a lot in I think she if there's a big Hollywood script, she gets to pass it pretty much ninety percent of okay. the time. So while she's not always credited in the final ending, I think there's very little blockbuster um releases that aren't Marvel, that she hasn't had some kind of sticky fingers on at some point. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Lucia did the Clash of the Titans reboot. Ugh. Yeah. Um, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. Amelia Clark, Jay Courtney, Jason Clark, J.K. Simmons, Deu Okanee, Matt Smith, Courtney B. Vance, and Lee Bong Han. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: it made twenty seven million on its opening weekend, which is not great. Um, you know, sounds like a lot of money, but for a blockbuster of this size, you really want to be hitting the hundred millions rather than the quarter of a hundred millions. Right. Um, domestically it topped out at eighty nine million, so it didn't even make that much of a multiple. But around the world it made loads of money, it made four hundred and forty million in total, so loads more than it did in America. Yeah. Um, which showed there's still life in Arnie and the franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it's not the best entry or the most uh, well-reviewed entry. Yeah. Um but it was a 155 million dollar budget. Right. Uh which again is a lot of money, a big bet. Um you kind of want more of a guaranteed audience if you spend that kind of money on a film. Yeah. Um it has a perfectly uh respectable 6.3 on the internet movie database, which means it's not considered a classic. Mm-hmm. But it's not because it's an unloved film. No. But The Woke Kids of Letterboxd give it 2.3. Mm-hmm. They really don't like it, which is why we're uh, covering it on this podcast today, because it's a movie we own that, in the letterbox rankings, is very low.
1: Yeah.
0: Let's have a break. <laughs> Nally, mm. Terminator Genesis. Yeah. What did you like?
1: I liked something that we've already just briefly mentioned, the fact that it sort of links in with the Terminator. It even kind of like layers new footage mm-hmm. over the old stuff.
0: Yeah, it does the Back to the Future 2 trick yeah. of having a, a set piece that takes place within a previous film's uh, timeline. Yeah. So that... You see older elements interacting with newer elements and twists on it. It seems quite a popular thing in the, this decade to happen. You've seen it happen in uh, Batman v Superman has The Man of Steel final action sequences from Bruce Wayne's point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Avengers Infinity War Endgame yeah. has flashbacks to various different sequences in previous episodes because they go time-travelling. They do it in an episode of Frasier. They do it in an episode of Frasier. Uh, it was... Um, Ready Player One, they revisit the sets of The Shining and Doctor Sleep, they revisit uh, The Shining as uh, well. well. Not yeah. quite the same thing. But it seems... Back to the Future did it once of, we're going to take you back to that first film you loved for the grand finale.
1: Yeah.
0: And it seems to be in the last decade something that filmmakers seem to want to try and do more, probably because the technology is a little bit more flexible. Sure. Mm.
1: Um, and in this film, it doesn't... Kind of two different ways whereby it completely reconstructs um, scenes mm-hmm. from the uh, from the original, um, and and it does in, it it does it in a nice way. It does it like pretty faithfully, very recognisably. Especially when we watched it just last night, you know, you, the lines you know are the same and the yeah. shops and that kind of thing, um, and you know what's coming. Um, it also does it where you kind of see young Arnie. Um, appearing and interacting with uh the hoodlums, the punks that he meets, one of whom is Bill Paxton in the original, and now it's three nondescript, very smooth-faced young men. Yeah. It um, doesn't work quite as well in that little yeah. bit. That's probably like the, the, the bit where it sort of really dips. Um, but what it does when it, it recreates the scenes, um it flips it it changes them. So we're in a 1984 that we're familiar with, we we know it from the first film. But in the two different stories of what happens when the Terminator arrives in um, in Los Angeles and what happens when Carl arrives in Los Angeles, very quickly it diverges and something happens in both cases and it twists. And yeah. Something else happens, and it's that's really good. It's well done. It's it's interesting. It's fun. It's funny. Yeah. Um. And I really like that about this one.
0: Big fun up for me as well. I I think the. Um... The first forty minutes of the film are absolutely fantastic and deliver exactly what I want uh, from a Terminator film uh, with nice time traveling <laughs> twists. I enjoyed what you talk about. What I would say, and it's a personal preference, I would have preferred it looked like a film made in the eighties more. Uh, it had mm. maybe just a grainier stock, some of the detailing they've left out of this film. Like for example, the punks uh, back in the original version are wearing makeup. And in this one, they look just a bit, bit more like uh, generic punks.
1: Yeah, I suppose there wouldn't have been anything wrong with having that segment, that sort of 20 minutes or so of
0: the film, being mm. a different... I, I would have guessed, you know, if you had... And obviously you're never going to get someone like this, but someone like Christopher Nolan or David Fincher directing a sequence like that, they would have done everything they possibly could have to make it look exactly... Like a film from nineteen eighty four, mm. they would use the the right camera lenses, yeah. and even JJ Abrams, probably someone else who would have done this. Whereas this feels almost like um, a smoothed out, a motion smoothed version of that. Mm. And it, while it absolutely works if you're just working on vague memories of the film, mm-hmm. the, the, yeah. Terminator One for me is like a a biblical text of great great sci-fi cinema, and I know it, back to front, every little uh, bit of litter and street side and the dog wandering past. And for everything they get right, they get a dog that looks exactly right wandering past. Mm. They don't cast the tramp, who looks particularly like the tramp that he steals his pants off of. No. And the pants he steals are far nicer yeah. than the ones Kari spends an entire movie in. That
1: is strange, because <laughs> they get exactly the same jacket, coat and shoes. So mm. why why make the pants different? It's odd, isn't
0: it? Yeah, there's. There, I think there's little things that... They went. This is iconic. We have to do this exactly the same. And this is something that looks too dated for a young modern audience. So therefore, we're going to smooth it. Mm. We're going to finesse it. And I don't like the finessing. Yeah. I'd rather. I'd rather they like I said, I'd rather they spent just a little bit more money and did a trick that you really felt like you were back in the nineteen eighty four film, rather than you're there but you can see little Forger's notes.
1: Yeah, I think they've underestimated the value of fan service in that way because mm. I'm sure you are, you know, part of the majority in that case where attention to detail would be really mm. um appreciated yeah. by an audience that knows and loves the original film.
0: But then your next problem is you have the jarring problem of uh it's while well, Arnie is still Arnie, uh, to the best of their abilities with the technology available mm. and what Arnie can still do. Mm-hmm. Uh The two actors they've cast as Sarah Connor and Carl Reese don't look anything like their uh, forebears. No. So why be that faithful? It it may may have been the discussion, Uh, but let's not go too deep into that just yet. Yeah. Because I'm getting there's going to be more conversation about that casting as we go along. Well,
1: do you know actually my next like would be um, I like Amelia Clark in
0: it. I like Amelia Clark too. Uh, You have. uh, done your hair, you could, you could almost be dressed right now as Amelia <laughs> Clark and take the pyjama bottoms away. It is I,
1: accidental that I am
0: dressed like Sarah <laughs> Connor at the but
1: it wasn't the same. Was in,
0: in Terminator Genesis, not Sarah Connor in Terminator 1984. because uh, oh, I'd
1: love that hair though. Yeah,
0: I, I don't see a situation where even though she is now an action hero, mm. trained by a killing machine, um, that she wouldn't still have quite the big hair
1: yeah because it is the 1980s yeah. well, she, I suppose she doesn't spend her time you know going out on Friday nights with mm. um, Ginger and yeah. Rick Rosevich and yeah. the, does she still in the, the Jetsons Gister. t-shirt do you think probably not mm. See, so that would have been a nice touch could have had the Jetsons t-shirt on where's Pugsley the lizard that's what I want to know
0: he's gone to a different owner
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to see his story <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so yeah uh, Amelia Clark uh, do you think it's good casting um,
1: do you know what? I don't think Bad casting? I don't. I think she is just as beautiful as Linda Hamilton. They're both blonde-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she, in this, she's... Because, I mean, Linda Hamilton in The Linda Hamilton in, in the Terminator is very different from Linda Hamilton in Terminator 2. Yeah. You know, they're, they're almost two completely different characters. Mm. So in The Terminator, she's a normal, very, you know, sweet girl. I mean... She can look after herself, you know. she, yeah. she She's got a brain, mm. but she's not, mm. you know. She's not like bench pressing and, yeah, and yeah. <laughs> taking out psychiatrists yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. She's um, she's just a normal girl, and I think that Amelia Clark's Sarah Connor kind of balances that sweetness still,
0: mm.
1: but with a girl who has had quite a tough upbringing, yeah. but not so tough that she's not like kind of. Driving through Mexico, shacking up with with brutes, so that mm. she can learn how to make bombs and stuff like that. She's not that hard yet. Right. Well, you know? Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. I think it's nice. It, it, uh, Amelia Clark is. She's obviously been cast because of uh, the success of her character as Daenerys in Game of Thrones. Mm. Which again, she's she's great in that role. Um, very beautiful actress. I think she works very romantic comedies. uh, Me Before You, Last Christmas. Yeah. They're not great films, but she's great in them. This Diddy Sarah Connor, little baby Sarah Connor, who in theory (laughs) is the same age as the the character in the original Mm film, it doesn't massively convince. um,
1: But she's a different person. I know. I'm
0: not even... I I'm saying she doesn't convince as a Linda Hammock replacement mm. and she doesn't convince as um a Sarah Connor who's been raised by a benevolent Terminator.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Um I mean what what her character does allow for though and what her kind of her look allows for is a very sweet relationship between her and old Arnie. Pops. Pops. Yeah. Because they do have this really nice father daughter relationship. Yeah. Um and that's 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 different it's not done in any of the other ones one of of the absolute
0: high points of the film Mm -hmm. Uh, both of them when they're left to their own devices together and have moments where they have to separate or um, interact on an emotional level Mm -hmm. has a lovely chemistry and you you almost wish that that was more of the focus than Carl Reese. even though I guess we kind of it's interesting, like, kind of, even though the Terminator keeps going through these reboots every episode, mm. like reboots that aren't faithful to what's happened before or after episode two, this keeps uh, the Terminator as a paternal protector, as in Terminator 2, yeah. um, we're seeing that character, what he would have been like with John Connor, maybe ten years down the line, after, you know, if he didn't self-terminate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also in Terminator Dark Faith, the most recent entry, which is I think is probably one of the best of these reboots. Rub- oh, yeah, really good. Um, you see what a Terminator who no longer has the directive to kill and is constantly interacting with humans would develop into as a as a robot who can pass as a human. Yeah. Uh, and those elements are in this, and both in Arnie's really fun performance. And how Amelia Clark interacts with him, mm-hmm. I do think that's kind of the high point of the film. Yeah, um, whether you've turned up to see that in what is essentially a cartoonish, cash-in action film. Yeah, I don't know. If that's a, if that should be the high point.
1: Speaking of dark fate, in terms of casting, um, Sarah Connor, I suppose if you want someone more faithful to Linda Hamilton, you would be thinking of someone who is more like that actress whose name I can't remember who was in Dark Fate... Is it Mackenzie's Davis? Name? Mackenzie Davis, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that y- someone who's more kind of... Yeah.
0: She would have been like ideal casting for... Yeah. A reboot in 1984. But she's, she was great as... Well, exactly. Uh, as our humanistic terminator this time.
1: There you yeah. go. So what you didn't get in Genesis, you get in, in Dark Fate. Yeah. So...
0: Yeah. I mean, I, Genesis has the troubled production of it was made very much so they could hold on to the rights... Of the 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 current the people who, every every time one of these ten films doesn't do as well as people want it to, the rights go up for sale. Uh-huh. And Skydance with Paramount put in a lot of money so they could build their own free film pr- franchise, even with TV shows spinning off from it. Right. And then this did okay, didn't do well critically. Mm-hmm. wasn't beloved by the fans. Financially, it did just just about enough to break even. Yeah.
1: Not
0: enough to so. Essentially, contracts were cancelled, they didn't make the next two films, and the rights reverted back to James Cameron, Yeah, which is why we got Dark Fate, which is not directed by him, but he has more of a control over, and in Dark Fate, we've got the best Terminator film released since Terminator 2. Yeah, so it's all worked out well. It's all worked out fine, but I, I kind of feel that this film was slightly on the back foot in that... Um, there was a certain rush to get it into cinemas Mm -hmm. so that, you know, they could keep the rights. Yeah. We're going to see compromises. There's going to be stuff we didn't like, and I think a lot of that's to do with it was made with the people who were available rather than the best people for the job. Yeah. Um, What else did you like?
1: Um, Well, on the theme of um, casting, I've got one more that I'm going to mention, and then we can talk about this or, or or the others later on yeah. in the dislikes. Um, I will say that it's complicated, and so this is probably going to bleed into the dislikes as well, but I like Jason Clarke as an actor, and whilst his character doesn't feel like John Connor, his kind of weird corporate yuppie cyborg yeah. is a really interesting baddie, and you you know he's threatening. Like, he's a yeah. good baddie. Um, yeah. he, he's
0: very, very unpredictable. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not always sure what his motivations are in certain scenes like for example when we first see him in 2017 he helps and leads uh, Kyle and Sarah away from the hospital and seems Mm -hmm. to be having quite a pleasant chat with them where was that going? <laughs> where well, is that going with pops didn't come to interrupt them. Yeah,
1: I mean, in, in it was just a plot device. Wasn't it? it was like a yeah. rope a dope. I mean, I, I assume this, he so. was
0: hoping to convince him it'll be all right if Genesis goes online and Skynet takes over the world. But
1: well, I mean, he genuinely thinks that he has been yeah. like infected by the yeah. machinery. Maybe
0: yeah. he does. Mm. It's it, it's such um, an interesting dynamic what they do with John Connor, and it's never fully explored. Mm. I don't think it would have been explored if they did have sequels because he's dead at the end. Um, So you're left with a real character that scene for scene is really, really fascinating, Mm -hmm. and yet you can't get a fix on. He reminds me a little bit of, we've been watching The Morning Show, Mm -hmm. Uh, Billy Quaddock's (laughs) uh, vice president in that, who's a character that you watch, and he seems very personable, but the more polite he is, or enthusiastic he is, the less you trust him, the yeah. less you believe in him. And there's something about that in what Jason, not quite as well done, but what Jason Clark does is his uh, John Connor. Is Isn't he, that
1: true of real life though? I mean, the, oh, more, yeah, no, like, yeah. the more polite and, and nice someone seems, the less you trust them.
0: Yeah, the, the second you're in like some kind of a uh, corporate, uh, meeting yeah. and this guy comes in, clapping his hands, mm-hmm. thumbs up, massive smile, telling everyone they're fantastic, and talk about the changes that are going to come mm-hmm. in. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I fucking hate whatever you're about to say. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know it is not going to work out for me, um, but yeah, it's like I do think Jason Clark's a little bit wasted in in the role. Um, as he, he's a really good screen presence, and Hollywood hasn't. He, he's been almost like Eric Banner 10 years before, mm. he seems to be put as the lead in a lot of big Hollywood blockbusters and he never really worked out great for him, even though mm-hmm. you can tell he's got star presence, he's got a masculinity to him that's fantastic, yeah. he's a good actor. Um, the best thing I've seen him in is not the best film he's been involved in, but do you remember that uh, Kira Knightley, casablanca Star World War II drama, The Aftermath? Yeah. He was really good in that. Yeah,
1: he was good in that. Um, yeah, as a kind of Apart well, as a husband who isn't satisfying his wife and Mm. he's not a bad person, yeah, but he's he's he just can't quite do the right
0: thing for her, yeah. He was really good in that. Um, interestingly, bringing it back to Terminator Genesis and Jason Clarke's John Connor, um, the last trailer released before the film came out revealed that John Connor was going to be some form of Terminator Mm -hmm. in this, um. At the time, there wasn't a lot of excitement about the film. There was Mm -hmm. a lot of negativity. Um, And when that trailer was released, I remember going, well, that is actually more interesting than Mm -hmm. what you were selling me the last two trailers. Yeah. But it ruins a massive surprise to the film. Would you prefer to have gone into that surprise blind or do you think that was necessary when the film was already looking like it wasn't going to do particularly well?
1: Well, from my point of view, I would have been going to see that film anyway. Me too. So I don't need... It, it was, it was cancelled. For me, it was a bad thing to, mm. to have it all shown. Would you have
0: guessed, by going by what we were shown up until that point?
1: Do you know what? I don't think I would have done. I think because you, he kind of he's in it at the very beginning. You get a glimpse of um, what looks like a Terminator coming up behind him yeah. just as Carl Reese is being catapulted in time. So it mm. leaves it kind of suspended in the air. Um, you would
0: have just assumed he's died in the future,
1: yeah, mm. yeah, um, so I think it would have been it would have been a good little twist, would have injected a bit of energy into the film yeah. at that point, but well, retrospect you can't really change it now can you
0: no uh, it's it's a very it, I think it's a shame that the more of these films they release, the less and less excitement there is about them from the younger generation or people who were on the fence um mm. I do think one of the big problems with the Terminator franchise is ever since Terminator 3, they've tried to do them cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, and while what's on screen is definitely on a par with, say, what happens in your average Marvel film or your average blockbuster, Terminator 2 was the most expensive film ever made. Mm-hmm. And as much as people turned up to it as the big film with the summer starring Arnie and a sequel to the Terminator... They also turned up knowing they were going to see a roller coaster ride of stunts and uh, effects work that had never been seen before on film. Yeah, it was a promise of you've never had an action adventure quite like this before, mm-hmm. and none of the films following that have ever really tried to top that. Yeah. Probably because it'd be quite difficult to do the the the, um, the demands that James Cameron puts on a production. It's not just it's going to be the most expensive film, but the crew's going to work harder than any other crew. Yeah. They're going to try things that have never been done on screen before. Mm-hmm. And it's just a shame that instead of people realising that's what makes a Terminator film, mm. you're going to... Yeah, because in a way, there was never a film like the Terminator before it came out, even though it's a cheap film. Mm. You know, It's a film that exceeds all expectations. If you were to buy a ticket in September in 1984 rather than go see uh, the Ghostbusters for a second time, mm. you would have seen a film that you know you wouldn't have even believed they've put on screen. Mm-hmm. Ten years down the line, Terminator, Terminator 2, you knew that was what's going to happen, but it wouldn't even be the budget, and it completely delivers on it. There's, you know, there's scenes where uh, a helicopter chases a, a truck down a highway with gunfire, and the helicopter dips in between bridges and tunnels for reels yeah. in a way that I don't even allow you to do anymore like in terms <laughs> of what's happening there in terms of stunt work you know beyond even James Bond at its peak of what they're doing with vehicles and action uh, and levels of scale um, I, I just kind of feel the Terminator franchise should have always been the promise of this is going to be the biggest film ever mm. and we are we are going to try and wow you and instead what they thought was it's the we wanna see different actors in roles that are iconic doing stuff that's what down versions of what we've already seen. Yeah. Anything else you liked?
1: Um I well on that theme, um I did like some of the action in this. Yeah. I'm not really kind of you know, it's not what would draw me to a film, but There's a
0: sequence with a helicopter Mm. in it,
1: which I liked, and there's a bit... Oh, you like the helicopter chase? Yeah, I like the helicopter chase.
0: Doesn't really obey anything resembling the laws of physics. I
1: don't care.
0: Yeah, I know. I don't know what a
1: helicopter can and can't do.
0: I'm pretty sure once it bangs into one building and skates along the pavement, it's not Mm. flying anymore.
1: Well, maybe it's a special helicopter. (laughs) No, it's funny. Um... Um, And there's a bit with a school bus on... Uh, the Golden Gate Bridge Golden Gate Bridge is always good for an action sequence um, which is good Um, I like the finale Uh, oh and there's a bit where Jason Clark gets kind of sucked into some kind of medical machine yeah Um, yeah lots of bits of it I really enjoyed Mm. plus none of the action sequences go on for too long
0: yeah I I would say uh, I know I went to the cinema twice and both times I really enjoyed the action Mm -hmm. it hits the same level of enjoyment say as a Marvel film it's not ...peak action for me, there's kind of a lack of urgency to, to a lot of it... ...or a little bit, it feels, even though you've got metal and uh, stone colliding a lot... ...that you know the character's never going to be injured by the absolute fucking... Mm. cartridges and car crashes they're in... Yeah, um, ...which doesn't always sit great with me... Uh, ...but I will say, especially in the first uh, act where we're in 1984... Um, the action there uh, moves at a fair old clip mm-hmm. there's constant cliffhangers a little bit of plot, another cliffhanger a little bit of plot, another cliffhanger and yeah. it moves at a really nice kind of way and it even keeps up a little bit once we move into the present 2017 yeah. um, I do like the Golden Gate sequence I don't know how necessary it is. there's little things I don't like about the action as it continues uh, and one thing I would say that the film suffers from a lot is the score is very underwhelming. Mm. And the Terminator Brad or theme yeah. tune has been used great mm-hmm. in many, many action sequences during the franchise. Why they decided to keep it till the very end of the film, I don't really know. Mm. Um, also, you have the slight issue of Arnie's getting a little bit too old to be in these kind of big slam-bam action sequences. Yeah. So they kind of find ways to sideline him a little bit or put him on the back foot during them.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and he really go through the ringer as well yeah. during this. <laughs> <laughs> uh and Amelia Clark, bless her. The
1: guns is... are bigger than her.
0: Yeah, she is she's probably the shortest action hero that's ever been <laughs> Uh and there's no issue with that. I quite yeah, like I say, I think she's a really nice presence. She does her best to try and uh be a, a variation on Linda Hamlet and Sarah Connor. Mm. But um she's not massively convincing during the gung ho parts of the film. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, taken take as um, an average summer release, I think this hits the right buttons. But put in the context of a film that should be in the same family as Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. And even Terminator 3 Rise of Machine, which is my least favourite Terminator film. But there's definitely an effort there to try and match the predecessors
1: okay.
0: in terms of scale and yeah. impact.
1: Um, just one more thing to add about um, what I liked for me, um, it's an obvious way of updating the franchise, but one that makes makes sense and works really well. That in nineteen eighty four, in the original Terminator and the sequel, the threat is from Skynet, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of kind of references to uh, the fact that all the missiles and nuclear weapons are tied in. ...to yeah. this technology... ...and that's how the end comes about... Mm-hmm. ...so all the missiles and everything get released... ...by the machines which destroys the world... ...this time round, ...the threat is... ...Genesis... ...which mm-hmm. is a, is like a cloud... Yeah. Uh, ...you kind of get the feeling that it is Apple...
0: Like, yeah. ...well I mean... ...I think this is something that turned a lot of people... ...off the film originally... ...like when, the, when it was announced... ...and people got a better idea of what the actual plot was going to be... ...you could... ...I'm pretty sure... Within like a free line description of what the plot film was is Kyle and Sarah and Arnie travel to the future or well, the present day to stop a killer app that will become Skynet, and you you, you can tell in a production meeting someone in the suit went well it's got to be it's got to be an app because apps are really hot right now. Is that what
1: it is? It's an app.
0: It's an app, yeah. Oh, okay. It's a cloud. It's an app. It's like you know you, you're absolutely right. It is like Apple. It is like Google. Okay. Is what the what Skynet has now become. Yeah. Uh, but it's got that kind of um problem that i get the feeling the filmmakers are slightly excited about how sexy idea of a killer app is uh, and don't really realize that people who've grown up in our our generation go what something that links all your devices together and knows everything you're doing we already know that's fucking terrifying yeah (laughs) i mean we've given into it but if you've grown up watching the Terminator or the Thing or um, any sort of Mad Max, you, you kind of know this is this is a step towards the apocalypse.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but it is.
0: But I, <laughs> we're well, so close but I to don't, it. I don't think Skydance and Paramount executives were sitting there going. I think they were just like, no, no, that'll make it feel more modern. It's an app. Pe- oh, okay. You know, if it's an app, we seem really modern and current and down with the kids, rather than. Well, of course, it's going to be a fucking app. Well,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um Oh, maybe I'm a, a bit guilty of that myself then well, thinking that
0: it being an app modernizes it rather than just makes it i think I think a, a lot of fans of the franchise who were on the internet at the time, you know how they love to moan did mm. the, the, the fan base about anything that's different yeah would have would have went a long time. You've got killer robots and time traveling. It doesn't need to be about programming
1: um, <laughs> yeah okay. Yeah. Anyway, I'm certainly saying
0: we're clear of Apple. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what are you recording this podcast on right now?
1: It's not my device. I would
0: <laughs> 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 right.
1: Uh. In, in, in 2017, yeah. I'm going to be stood there
0: yeah.
1: telling everyone, well, look what I was right. That didn't mm. get any Apple
0: products. Yeah. I mean, there is there is a sequence in the film where Kyle and Sarah, who are both not from the year 2017, have it look around that everyone's on their phones and going... God, it could take over everyone, this killer app. Mm. And they're absolutely accurate. Like, you know, if people look back in 50 years' time at that and go, oh, yeah, that's, a, that's that feels very off its time. No, nope, that's exactly what 2017 was like. Everyone was just staring at their phones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even the hospital workers, while they were trying to do stitches at the back of someone, just had their phone on the Genesis countdown. Just keep an eye on what's going on there. They see the countdown changes.
1: This could all be moot, though, by the time this goes out, given the
0: situation at the moment with Huawei. Yeah, or the uh, the track and trace uh, COVID oh, act yeah. that the government wants everyone to put on their phones.
1: It could this. It could already have happened. No
0: fucking chance. I've seen Terminator Genesis, and before that, I would have I uh, would have embraced it with open arms. <laughs> but now if I've seen Terminator Genesis, you've not got a chance to be downloading the killer app on my on my expensive slave-made tablet. Mm-hmm
1: everything you do
0: you know. it knows everything yeah so be it if, if there's someone in Apple headquarters or the NSA or um, or, the, or the Chinese secret service who really care about what porn I look at and the fact that I keep a constant eye on eBay on Christian Slater films to see which ones are okay, going to have to get from a <laughs> then so be it <laughs> they know you know Probably never going to be able to run for Prime Minister. I, I understand that. But apart from that, they've got nothing on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless Christian Slater becomes head of the uh, Chinese Secret Service, in which case he goes, I've got an ally. I might hire this guy to be my Chinese James Bond. Fair enough. <laughs> well,
1: I wish I'd never mentioned
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's people at home who wish you never mentioned it to. Okay. It's an app,
1: right.
0: Killer app. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Anything else you liked? No. Okay. What didn't you like? Right.
1: I hated the first 10 minutes.
0: Is that because the credits were running over them?
1: Well, no. no.
0: <laughs> I hated the fact that like, literally there's reams of plot and action happening with names still appearing on it after 10 minutes. Oh, it is
1: a bit distracting when you try to listen to what's going on and then you're like, yeah. oh, Courtney B. Vance is going to be in yeah. it. <laughs>
0: And uh, what's his name? Executive producer Bruce Channard. Like, <laughs> of of twenty executive producers, I was like, yeah, I know. But look what's happening yeah. on screen right now. There should not be a name there. There really shouldn't. I think Terminator Two is the first one I remember. No, it's not Terminator Two. When when did it become fashionable not to have like a credit sequence at the beginning and just no, have right. names appearing over actual plot and action? I don't mind yeah. if it's like Beverly Hills Copper Train Places, where it's just shots of the city
1: that kind of first five minutes of nothing where it's just a, like a blank screen or like yeah. it's the Star Wars background yeah, I, and you just see all the names have a nice time. animated
0: credits and how often have you gone to cinema and people wander in five ten minutes late in fact when we went to see Dark Fate I think they got the timings a little bit wrong and they were showing the film by the time oh, yeah. half the cinema even though it was a full screening Yeah, half the cinema went in the, in the room when the film started which, if you've seen Dark
1: Fate, mm. is problematic. If yeah. <laughs> you miss the first five <laughs> or ten minutes, it just kind of sticks you up for the rest of it.
0: But, alright, I understand you want the film to be as short as possible to fit as many screenings in, but this is a two-hour and ten-minute film. Mm. Two hours and fifteen minutes really make that, many, that much difference to have a five-minute credit sequence at the beginning and yeah. then let the action just speak for itself?
1: Or, or some some films, um, or quite a few, just don't have the credits at the beginning anymore. Yeah, They'll just go straight,
0: straight in into it. Yeah,
1: but again, don't know. I don't there are many things that they should change. They should go back to doing trailers where it's um, a voiceover person. Yeah. Rather than... In a world. Actual... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I want. No, the reason why I didn't like the first ten minutes is because um, I don't like seeing the future. do right. I don't like seeing the future in, in Terminator World. Um, why not done Because you can't do it any better than it was done in the first film. Yeah. There's nothing scarier and more kind of, you know... You see that caterpillar track driving over a bunch of skulls and crushing them. And you know that the future's awful Mm. and that it's not like it is now Mm. and that it's post-apocalyptic. And it does that in literally one, like one frame, one thing, one one thing, it does it. Whereas this, the first ten minutes you see them running through sewers and you see the compound where they've got to break in and get to to finish off Skynet and get to the time machine and stuff like that and it looks terrible and they have these laser guns that have like purple lasers coming out yeah. of them and everything just looks cheap and nasty and rubbish mm. and so what it completely fails to do in 10 minutes is done with much less money and oh, much yeah. less time <laughs> and effort and whatever in uh in, in 1984 four's
0: Terminator film. Yeah,
1: it's embarrassing to watch.
0: I think one flaw with the whole Terminator series, it's only one, one problem, but one they've never really got around is uh you've had a nuclear holocaust, all the weapon which we know could destroy the world probably a hundred times over, mm-hmm. has been launched and uh targeted on humanity. And mm-hmm. uh, then maybe you've got a few survivors who are in basements mm-hmm. and they've somehow managed to last twenty years or thirty years. And there's, there's a line that Carl Reese says in the 1984 version, which is, and they make us work death camps to process people. They don't need you. They've got hundreds of fucking robots to do this. Yeah. They don't need to keep anyone. Once you're caught, you're fucking dead. And you, you can't say it's because the Terminators wanted the world tidy, because they're leaving skulls fucking everywhere. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> there must have been. When you, when you watch uh, any Terminator film, and the, uh, the hunter-killers are driving over fields of skulls, you go, why was everyone standing so close together when the nuclear bomb went off? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that, that that is, you know, whenever people criticise these sequels as, oh, this doesn't make sense, that doesn't make sense. There's, there's a major problem in the Terminator franchise as a whole, which is, humanity wouldn't survive the uh, extinction-level event as described. There'd be no reason for the robots or the computers to keep even one human alive at any point. Yeah. <laughs> I have this issue yeah don't use self-serve machines in the supermarket mm-hmm. don't let a robot take your job man yeah <laughs> fucking yeah <laughs> <laughs> imagine smoking a joint now just thinking about like conspiracy theories Um anything else you didn't like
1: I've got one very brief thing to mention before moving on to Jay Courtney
0: <sighs> let's just fucking leave him out yeah just fucking <laughs> Jay Courtney's shit this is the end of his career anyway I'm pretty sure I haven't seen him anything since then no, he's probably in some kind of TV show though. Yeah, I'm sure. So. Yeah. Carry on. What's your other thing?
1: Um, there is something missing from when we go back to 1984 mm-hmm. and we see young Arnold Schwarzenegger, young <laughs> <Ben Decker laughs> walking towards the Hudlunds. Mm.
0: Yeah, there is something. Some of them aren't wearing their makeup. Is that what you're referring That's to? That's not
1: what I'm referring to. There's
0: not as much litter on the floor as there was back in uh, the original 1984. I think and... there might be. I okay. Might right. be. Okay.
1: The thing I'm thinking
0: of... They the same dog. He's been around for a while.
1: Yeah. Um, It is something that you see in the original Terminator that they, I don't know, they've darkened the screen, they've digitally removed it. Where's Arnie's dog?
0: Yeah. Where's it gone? He he is swinging a uh, T-800 between his legs uh, in the original version. And when you watch it on DVD, it really... Oh, in a yeah. way that I don't remember when I went to see it again in the cinema, but when you see it in high def, yeah. I and mean, we're not talking about Blu-ray high def, we're talking about just good old-fashioned £5 in supermarket DVD. Yeah. There it is. It's very the, impressive. The main impregnancy itself.
1: Deserves its own credit. <laughs> and he has been cruelly caught from this version of the
0: film. <laughs> Motion smoothed out. No <laughs> movement down below. Um, but I mean... There, there's another issue I've got with the 1984 flashback mm. bit, and it's to do with Jaikor, he's Carl Reese as well. Um, when we watched um, the original Terminator last night, you, you very early on brought up the fact that Carl Reese uh, puts on the Trump's pair of trousers yeah. in commando, and they look Ooh. like a, a messy old pair of pants. Yeah. They're covered in stains, the whole, and he keeps on the whole way through. He has sex with Sarah O'Connor about having a shower.
1: Well, um, we, 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 he might have had a
0: shower, He's been wearing tramp pants for the whole film. He dies in another man's pants. Yuck. And Michael Bain, when he travels back from the skull-infested robot killer future, mm. where looks like a man who's lived on rat for his life. <laughs> yeah. He's jittery. When he's chased, he's scrabbling around on the floor. He's doing anything to survive. He's skittish. He's got PTSD. Mm-hmm. And he's a really convincing human being from the future. Yeah. When Jay Courtney comes back, he looks like he's one steak dinner away from a beer belly.
1: <laughs> so we have to move on to Jay Courtney then.
0: <laughs> and he does not look like a man who would steal a tramp's pants, no. put them on and go, this is a luxury I've never enjoyed before. What is this fabric? It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it so beautifully warm? <laughs> yeah,
1: you, you've hit the nail on the head there with the difference <laughs> between Michael Bain and... Uh, and Joe Courtney, that Joe Courtney does in no way convince someone who has lived his entire life after the apocalypse.
0: I'm even going to say, like, kind of, during that opening time, when we're in the the future future, Mm. and they take Skynet, and they're in the time displacement device room. Mm. Um, John goes, who would like to volunteer to go save my mum, who's going to be, like, help us keep the future Mm. hope alive. Eight people volunteer before conference. <laughs> he's like, Yeah, I guess I will. <laughs> and John goes, Are you sure? <laughs> uh, Whereas
1: Michael Bain lives for Sarah Connor. Yeah, like he does. He, yeah.
0: He, loves he, her. You
1: know, that photo is his prized possession.
0: Um, a time for you, Sarah. Yeah. It
1: is a beautiful romance.
0: I do think modern cinema, Jay Courtney's a lug. We don't like
1: him.
0: No. Modern cinema lacks you Michael Bainish kind of leading man uh, I know you're going to say Chris Pine <laughs> but you don't get your slightly more normal looking but intense guy anymore mm. the closest person I can think who I would cast in this role and I know you said Anton Yelchin when we were watching mm. it because he plays a young car recent Terminator mm-hmm. and he would have been good Yeah, but I think Dan Stevens is probably the only person who might have been able to pull off Oh, okay. Put it off but Joy Courtney definitely isn't. He shouldn't have he shouldn't have been a casting consideration. They wanted Tom Hardy. But I think you've still got the same problem of it's too
1: healthy looking. Yeah.
0: I have been working out in the future. Mm. <laughs> um Other alternative castings for Amelia Clark, people who screen tested, so these people wanted the role. Yeah. Emily Blunt. Oh no. <laughs> I well, not, Emily Blunt, but... She' um, she's the one who she's personally Got a career closest to Sigourney Weaver and Van Hammond these days in terms of being action heroine in Sicario, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, but I couldn't
1: couldn't see her and Arnie having the same kind of rapport. No.
0: She's a good actress. I'm sure she could put it off.
1: (laughs) Yeah, maybe. She's just not right for
0: it. Uh, Brie Larson.
1: Okay, I can see Brie Larson. Yeah,
0: I still haven't figured her out. Uh, She seems very blank to me. I mean, she's been in some really good films. Yeah. And she's a really good actress, but... I don't think she's got the warmth, maybe, that the role needs. Hmm. Okay.
1: Uh,
0: and, um... I can't read my handwriting. Margot Robbie.
1: Uh, I'd imagine she, around about that time. puke going for a lot of stuff, anyway. Yeah. I'm surprised that she didn't get it, actually. Like, yeah. 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 Maybe a bit too distractingly impressive, though. Like, too too beautiful.
0: Too beautiful? I thought yeah. you were saying she's got big titties.
1: Has she? Has she? She's got...
0: Perfectly fine tickets. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure she'd be so police
1: there. <laughs> um yeah, you see no one no on that list stands out as being oh well this would have been much better for I, I had think it being one of them.
0: Emily Blunt would have been more convincing in the action. She's proven that in various films.
1: Who's that girl from Happy Death Day?
0: <sighs> Jennifer Roth?
1: Yeah, Jessica
0: Roth. Jessica Roth can't be in everything. Yeah, she can. <laughs> she, she and Chris Klein, Chris Klein just did everything. <laughs> okay. Uh, any first didn't like is that what we're going to say of Jai Courtney yeah I mean I don't think there's anyone if Jai Courtney's listed to this I'm sure he thinks yeah I was just cast in that role fair enough the the particu- the, the worst instance
1: of it, the worst bit of his performance for me was actually the, the very first appearance of him on screen that like, he has this conversation with John Connor about having a beer it's just so awkward it's mm. just so weird yeah how does he even know what beer is
0: I mean, I I guess you or what waitresses, uh, I guess your your problem is with um, when you've got that one weak link who essentially is the leader of the film. Mm. I think he probably has the most lines. I think he has the most interactions with other characters. If you see what I mean is, you've got Jason Clark, you've got Amelia Clark, you've got Arnold Clark, and mm-hmm. they're all they're all working their little socks off and doing really well with uh, not the best script in the world.
1: Yeah.
0: Lots of. Exposition and half explained stuff mm-hmm. uh, to cover, and all your emotional beats with the worst actor and the, yeah, uh, it does kind of unfortunately. He, he has one nice moment in the film.
1: Yeah,
0: Arnie and him have a little race to see who can load the most magazines when oh, so oh yeah, in, and Arnie's hand, and he doesn't ruin that scene. He doesn't,
1: but the gist of that scene is Arnie's kind of on his last legs and is winding down. And what you'd like to be able to feel, be like, okay, so Amelia Clark has no one else other than Arnie. He is like her dad. He's there for her. When he's gone, at least she'll have Kyle Reese. But <laughs> who <laughs> wants him. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: been fated. There's no fate what How did you feel about the very very end in terms of uh, while it didn't end on an obvious cliffhanger? It certainly left it open that all three principles and Skynet were still in play for future entries. Would, would you have watched another one of these in this mode?
1: I don't think I would. Because I... I suppose where it is leading to is their next battle against Cyberdyne when it gets back mm. on its feet. and.
0: Courtney B. Vance and his son are running. Yeah,
1: away. it kind of sets them up for the next one. I like <laughs> Courtney B. Vance. They were an interesting couple of characters. Only in two scenes. Only mm. in two scenes, but presumably would have been in a lot more in the next film. Um, but I'm not interested in seeing that film, where mm. they go up against Cyberdyne.
0: It felt very... Uh, you've, you've never seen the Sarah Connor Chronicles, the no. TV spin-off, when they weren't really sure what they were going to do with their mm. next franchise, where Lena Headey Laser. Yeah, I believe
1: Sarah so, Bennett. but I've not seen
0: it. She's yeah. great. I haven't seen it from Teeth Stitch, but it was very good what I watched.
1: So, is that from. Is John Connor in that?
0: Yeah, so you've got uh, Sarah and John on the run. I think they do skip through time as well, so that it's in the present day rather okay. than. Uh, and they've got a Terminator helping them who's summer out from Firefly. Oh, cool. Uh, and John kind of fancies her. Right. Mm hmm. And then you've got various Terminators coming back to try and stop things, including Garrett DeLum, who's a main Terminator. Uh, for yeah. It. Oh, yeah. that and sounds good. It, it's, it's really watchable, fun, action. A bit like The Mandalorian. Mm. Set in the world, full of action, characters you like. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. If this was the launching point for one of those, mm-hmm. I would have watched Amelia media be Sarah Connor and continue TV-level adventures, quite happily, mm-hmm. uh, with Arnie popping in, in and out occasionally. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that, that I mean would that. have been the best thing they could have done. Instead we've got Dark Fate, which is a far superior film. Yeah. But by this point, I think the, the franchise has just been tarnished mm. by too many reboots and only the hardcore fan base have got any investment in it as a franchise anymore. And even they are begrudgingly going. There there's no there's no wider audience for it anymore. There's no one willing to take a punt and go, Do you know what? We've sat through three average terminator films. Let's give the fourth average reboot a try.
1: Yeah. Um, I think the problem is this one that you know, they don't dare remake the Terminator as it as it was. So this is a kind of a remake. It's it's spinning things off on a different timeline. Yeah. So and, and I do think that it makes sense for the next story to be Sarah Connor's story. That's the one you're invested in, that's what's interesting. But you know where's the threat you have in Terminator 2 there's so much threat it's so kind of yeah. like dirty and gritty and, and you know yeah. it's horrible when she's in the, the mental hospital and John Connor's like got this disastrous path that he's going down and mm. you know it's it's mm. dark
0: the, the first two Terminator films whenever there's a Terminator on screen with a mission to kill mm-hmm. the characters are one full move away from dying
1: yeah but at the end of The Terminator, all that they've achieved is that Sarah Connor's still alive. Yeah. You've still got Judgment Day, you've still got Skynet, you've still got all that to come in the future. There is the big threat. It's mm. much bigger. With this, where it ends, with Genesis, where it ends, it's a wishy-washy threat. It's like, yeah. well, you've got this enemy that if if you accept that Cyberdyne is going to be the enemy in the next film and that's what's to come, essentially you're saying that it can never be killed off because there's always going to be some kind of technology
0: some yeah. kind of company that comes up and repeats yeah. it it's just too even more so in, in today's world back in 1984 the internet didn't really really exist mm. Yeah, there wasn't internet that yet, but now it probably didn't have the capacity for you to uh, transfer copious amounts of data mm. across now we've reached a point with broadband with uh, 5G that if there was a program that could kill the world mm-hmm. the second it's made that's as fun. yeah uh, and the whole idea there's a countdown of it going live why hasn't Skynet just gone now well, I'll let humanity know I'm live now but I'm I'm out there I'm already in your device if mm-hmm. you've got the countdown I'm in your device yeah because <laughs> that's the reality yeah yeah it is yeah but obviously yeah, they, you know, big, big corporations don't want to make these things seem as insidious as they actually are I'm just going to have a little smoke with my chemtrails marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a little break. Okay. Come with me if you want to live, right? We are going to race through our regular questions because uh, we have spent far too long talking about Terminator Genesis. Yeah. I think I'm quite passionate about Arnie and the franchise. Yeah. So there we go. Who was the Michael Parks of the film when everyone else was maybe collecting a paycheck who put further effort in? Arnie. Arnie, hands down, his uh, brilliant this. Pops is maybe my favourite variation on the T-800. Really? Yeah, I mean, you know how much I love these films and even the Duff ones. I... It's, it's such a warm evolution of the good Terminator concept. I did think we were going to get the point where John Connor's Skynet nanobot technology, baddie, was going to infect this Arnie. Yeah. They never did it, and I'm happy for that. I do think there is value in Arnie being a bad Terminator one last time, and not sometimes good, sometimes bad, a bad Terminator. Mm. That might be an interesting way for the franchise to move forward if you ever want to go back to it one last time. But I get a feeling that I think we've seen Arnie for the last time in a a Terminator film with that, right?
1: Yeah, he did a really lovely job in in Dark Fate. Yeah. Or they did a really lovely job mm.
0: with this character. In and these two characters feel akin. That Terminator <clears throat> in Dark Fate and this one, they feel like the same one. He's he's one of my favourite movie stars. In fact, he he's always been in my top five. It's between him and Mel Gibson and Bill Murray. I'm not sure which one mm. it would be. And obviously, one of those is problematic. Bill Murray's a little bit of a lad. <laughs> 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 uh, but... Uh, he he he's great in this. Uh, it's if you want something that's beyond fan service that makes fans happy, Arnie's pops is absolutely lovely, and mm-hmm. he has a wonderful chemistry of Amelia Clark. Yeah. Um, product placement. Coke. No, the other one. Pepsi, Pepsi Max. <laughs> Pepsi Max. At one point, uh, a vending machine gets turned <laughs> over, and then it it's just there in every shop.
1: It's <laughs> white on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still didn't maybe want a Pepsi
0: Max. No. Um, <laughs> I think there's probably have a few other things as well as we go on, but Pepsi, the Pepsi Max one's probably the most blatant example we've seen Yeah. for, for a long, old time. <laughs> <laughs> doing this. Um, if you can make one change to improve Terminator Genesis, what would it be?
1: I would kill off the Kyle Reese character. Yeah. You don't need him yeah. anymore, because he doesn't need to be there as the father of John Connor. Um, you could kill him in 1984 or you could kill him at some point early on in 2017 mm. maybe that would have solved all the problems maybe if you kill Kyle Reese you'd see John Connor like fade gradually like Marty McFly I don't really know how the
0: time travel uh, it might give works, what John Connor's villain a little bit more purpose in terms of he needs to preserve Skynet by a certain point
1: point. Mm. plus uh, if you've got John Connor killing him you've got that whole like Oedipal thing yeah yeah
0: um I do think it, there was quite a nice line of there are three people marooned on us in a, in a time flux that John Connor says about the three of them at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's quite a nice idea. That's not properly explored. Mm-hmm. Um, James Spader, what role would you give him?
1: Um, the only thing where I, th- <laughs> I could think where you could slot him in, mm-hmm. you get a lot of mentions of Sarah Connor's real father who yeah. we discover got killed when she was nine. Yeah. But he seems to be very important in yeah. her life, because he actually saves her when, when the Terminator comes to kill her when she's nine. He puts her in the water, tells her to go off and swim in a straight line. Um, and he also has some kind of like base. Yeah. You <laughs> used to take her
0: all the time when she was a kid yeah. to this secret underground creepy base. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I'm thinking, you know, he's, a, he's an almost godlike character. Mm. Who could play a godlike character? Spader. Spader. Just one shot of him on a boat.
0: Mm. <laughs> Who's was, who was the sexiest actor in this?
1: He was the sexiest actor in, in Genesis. Genesis. Ooh, um... I guess, I guess
0: Arnie. Not Lee bong Hun.
1: No, I mean I thought he was actually really good in it. It was yeah. a just small role. I mean he's basically barely in it. He's, he's a he
0: proper a Korean movie star actor.
1: I th- I thought he might be more significant because he gets an hand credit. Yeah. I think, um, but he plays that. Um, the T-1000 role, yeah. perfectly. That kind yeah. of blank, terrifying, like, yeah. menacing look. Um, and if they hadn't revealed John Connor
0: was going to be the villain in the trailers, then you would have assumed he was going to be the villain the whole way through. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, <laughs> would you remake really Terminator Genesis? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little mm. bit too close, but I think this is...
1: No.
0: I, the problem is, all of the, the various reboots they've tried at the franchise after Terminator 3 have had merit. Um, Terminator 3 ends fantastically with you actually seeing Judgment Day happening mm-hmm. uh, Terminator Salvation Christian Bale and Sam Worthington miscast but the future world they present with Anthony Occhin Carl Reese is mm-hmm. quite good I don't and then, and there's good action in it there's some, some okay. pretty spectacular stuff that happens in that for a future sci-fi film mm-hmm. uh, this one it's a good way to get things back on track being Terminator's time travelling and chases mm-hmm. Uh, and there's an alright cast. And Dark Fate, I would quite, I don't understand, I, I I understand why it hasn't made anywhere near as much money as even Terminator Genesis, mm-hmm. because the franchise just doesn't have any appeal now to people outside of the fan base. But it's
1: so good. But but it's such a good. Word of mouth yeah.
0: alone should have prompted yeah. people to go and see that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's but this would be the one. least worthy of rebooting or remaking or re-exploring is what I'd say Um, which leads us to our very last question Mm -hmm. is Terminator Genisys worse (laughs) (laughs) or is Mm -hmm. uh, worse or better than Bad Boys
1: I think um, it's got its faults and I enjoyed Terminator Genisys more at the cinema I felt it was better suited to a cinematic experience but it stands up on a rewatch and I still enjoy it
0: more than Up Boys yeah I, I think this is better than that. Boys too. Yeah. Um, I I think it's a good mid-level Terminator film uh, and the very worst Terminator film isn't that bad Rise of the Machines is just silly even though it has most no of the original elements in it um, this one um, I would have quite happily have seen the sequel to uh, okay but that didn't happen we got a better film out of it yeah and who cares if if a studio lost later money in it we didn't <laughs> yeah. we, we, we we went to see it on our city world passes and had a great old time uh-huh. and we've got it sitting there on DVD and I can't wait to watch it at some point over the next couple of days Dark Fate we've got it Dark Fate on DVD
1: yeah, right oh sweet then. well done thank you we'll get, we'll get into that oh,
0: that's exciting
1: I'm forward
0: to okay so uh, next week's yeah or well, next episode because we're doing it fortnightly now sorry kids but we've uh, hopefuls we've uh, got lives Uh, is Justice League the wedding cut the wedding cut the wedding cut oh god there's so much we have to talk about a wedding (laughs) the Josh Wedden cut the the, the, the Snyder cut is being remade and redone for next year Uh, obviously we don't have access to that Uh, but we are going to watch the Justice League as it was released in the cinemas half directed by Zack Snyder half directed by Josh Wedden I never thought I'd be looking forward to watching something
1: that has been redone by Zack Snyder over Joss Whedon. But... Well,
0: lots to discuss mm. next episode when we get to see uh, Ben Affleck's last lost last, last Riders Batman. <laughs> <Such> a, <shame. laughs> a, a great Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it's not going to be as clear-cut as you people think when it comes to the Justice League. <laughs> uh, I think you're going to find we... We're going to love it it at equal measure. (laughs) Uh, So join us next week. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening.